0: Anarchy smells like a suburban homeowner who also has a Subaru.
1: Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. 9-11 was a gender reveal. <laughs> Indecent.
2: Bunch of lunatics with morbid senses of humor.
1: Immoral. You don't have the money to bulldoze this building? Just draw Muhammad all over the place. <laughs> Somebody will blow that shit up. Shameless. I let my bush grow because it's kind of one of those lost for love type of situations. Impolite. People always fingering, but I'm like, you know what? My fingers always hard. I don't get whiskey fingers. <laughs> and beyond the pale.
3: What you wearing down on your toes? So apparently our girl Casey Anthony is now the proud owner of a private investigation company.
1: Now I saw the headline that said, sometimes I just see the headline and I don't read the article. It said something like Casey Anthony cannot have a private investigator license yet she owns a private investigator office.
3: Yeah. You have to like pass some tests and have like a, get a license and fill out some paperwork. And because she's been a questionable past, I think that might play into it. But, uh, She can sure as well own the damn company and have private investigators work for her. Right.
2: uh, Well, guys, if we were to keep criminals in this country from owning companies, there would be no businesses.
3: Exactly. So I I see some potential upsides to her business, too, because if I have a missing kid that I love, she can help me find that kid. But if I have a missing kid that I don't love, she can probably help me out with that situation, too.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's a good way of looking at it.
3: She's like, did you check the woods? (laughs) <laughs> they, they
1: should, they
3: should really.
1: I, I mean, that would be hilarious if that's the way that they. Because I mean, imagine she's gonna have to do some publicity for this thing, some advertising, and yeah, just fucking lean on that shit.
3: I could just see her doing one of those goofy little. I don't know what happened. You know, hands up in there. Who knows? You know, like one of those surprise looks, like they called her off guard. Wasn't me. That could yeah. be hilarious. Yeah, just
1: own that shit. Like I would actually have some respect for her if she actually fucking owned that shit. It'd be like oj simpson doing a commercial for gloves or whatever the fuck you know something
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> or bruno molly's shoes it's just like yeah just fucking own it there's double jeopardy they can't put you in jail now so fucking just go all out people hate you anyway
2: <laughs> that would be great
1: right wouldn't it be i was like fucking you can't you can't try me again for the same shit so yeah fuck fucking yeah this I'm
2: just in a bronco commercial
1: speeding off fuck yeah dude own all that shit Welcome to episode 72 of Indecorous Comedy, this is episode 22 of season 2. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensibly distinguished educational comedy show, either the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. Starboard, we have Bobby D. Yo. And port, we have Ian. Word up. You guys notice i would use boat. Boatlingo. Yeah. Bo- boat yeah, yeah, pirate yeah. now. Uh-huh, I'm yeah, switching just- it up.
2: Imagine you wearing a captain's
1: hat. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Today, we're going to be answering listener questions. We're going to be talking about indecorous news. We'll be diving deep into indecorous million dollar ideas. And we'll close it all out with indecorous state laws from New Hampshire. But before we get into any of that, let's welcome our guest today, Mary Santora, everybody. Hey. Hey, Mary, hey, Mary how are you doing?
0: great i'm coming off of a browns playoff win out here in cleveland so i am feeling good
1: i was about to mention that had you is this the first time you've been alive for a browns playoff win
0: not well (laughs) not alive it was 2003 was the last time um but this is my first time as like a full-blown browns fan because i was only like 13 when that happened so i wasn't super into football i didn't get really into the browns until um probably 2011.
1: Well, wow I was in college. Oh my God. yeah what a bad time to become a browns fan
0: dude <laughs> because my family wasn't really a football family so like my dad watched it but it wasn't something that like we never grew up every sunday watching the browns or anything like that so i became a fan as an adult when i started working downtown cleveland is like when i started to really follow things and uh 2000 2011 2012 and so uh yeah it's been a rough rough 10 years so last oh my night
1: was
0: God. dude i'm telling you watching did you guys watch the game at all
1: i know i was actually i watched the earlier games and then i was just uh, I, I think i started i forget what i was watching but anyway I, I checked back like after the first quarter and it was 28 to zero dude. after the first i was like what in the shit what happened here
0: i legitimately i've had like anxiety issues forever and i worked myself up almost into a panic attack and i was laying on the couch with my boyfriend and i was like i don't think i can handle the playoffs like i legitimately don't think my brain is wired to do like i had to lay down and like take slow deep breaths because we had four touchdowns in the first Quarter. It was it was absolutely overwhelming. Wait a second.
1: So so you were getting anxious because you were kicking too much ass. I was getting
0: yeah. That's that's a Browns fan for you. We're up four touchdowns and nothing after the first quarter. I'm like, dude, we can still blow it. Like you never oh know, God. you know. <laughs>
2: Like are we are, we at the start of a cheating scandal here. What's going on,
0: dude? I'm telling you, man. It was uh, well, and because it, the first quarter was so fast paced, was with what was happening. So it was like every couple minutes, I'm like standing up and running around and yelling and like flipping out. And then I ate too much Chipotle beforehand. I thought I was gonna throw up. It was it was an absolute mess.
1: Well, I mean, I did. I like I said, I missed most of the first quarter, but I did actually check in. Like I I, I wasn't even a Uh, I I guess I got distracted, but I I tuned in like a minute after it started and Cleveland was already up seven zero. And I'm like, how the fuck, how did this happen? And it was, you know, later I saw the replay, but I was like, holy shit.
0: Yeah, their center snapped it way over Big Ben's head, and then they recovered it in the end zone. It was like, that was like four, it was the first snap of the game. Like four seconds in, everyone was like, there's no way this is real, right? Like this isn't, it's crazy. Yeah,
1: and that's, it's crazy. Uh, Well, I guess we should move on because these these two guys don't know anything about (laughs) football. I'm so sorry,
0: guys. (laughs) No, I mean, I
1: I could talk about it all day, but my co-hosts are a couple of nerds.
0: I'm literally. I'm in like my. I'm gonna be wearing Browns gear all week because then we play Kansas City on Sunday. So I had like my game day outfit yesterday with like my jersey and everything. And then today I have on my sweat. So I have on like an old school Browns nice sweater, not even like a hoodie with just like the emblem, and then like some Walmart Browns sweatpants and like a beanie.
1: You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got I got love for the Browns this year because we had a we did a little fantasy football league amongst some podcasts, and we had on our team we had Chubb.
0: Oh, Chubb's my boy. That's yeah. his jersey I have. I love oh, awesome. Chubb. Yeah, Yeah, Chubb,
1: Chubb came through for us. We finished in second place, but Chubb was always there for us. He, so.
0: He's incredible. I mean, he just, again, we can move on from football. But yeah. yes, Chubb is incredible.
1: Yeah, I fucking love Chubb. All right. So we like to open the show with questions sent from our millions of listeners around the world. We accept all questions sent to us, but we rarely have an answer for any of them. The first question is always going to be this. Where do I send questions? Because I keep forgetting to tell people. You can email us at IndecorousComedy at gmail.com or just hit us up through social media, Facebook, Instagram at IndecorousComedy, Twitter at IndecorousPod, or Patreon at IndecorousComedy. And how do you spell Indecorous, Bobby?
2: It's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-U-S.
1: Perfect. (laughs) So our first question, this comes from Christine. Christine asks, what is something that's morally reprehensible to most people, but you don't have so many conundrums about? So basically something that everybody else thinks is despicable, but you think, hey, that's, you know, that's not so bad. Now, mm-hmm. I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast a few times before. I don't have as much of an issue with stealing or ripping off corporations like i or or the government just because they fuck with you so much that if you can make a few bucks off of them then fucking go ahead and do it steal office supplies is what i'm trying to say not- yeah
0: i definitely we were talking about like a brinks truck that opened up on a highway and i i was the only person in that conversation who said basically the same thing where i was like dude if you're stealing money from like a major corporation. I'm not saying if you run like a mom and pops place or anything right. like that, but I'm like, but if the lady at Target forgets to ring up one of my things, I'm not going to say anything.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know. Right. Exactly. And I would ha- I would lose no sleep over it, Because right. they they don't lose all these corporations, they don't lose any sleep when they rip you off. Well, so, and
2: plus any losses on there and they're all insured. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially yeah, especially like with the Brinks thing or like when you hear about bank robberies and shit is like especially in that situation it's like if i was ever at a bank robbery there is no fucking way i'm ever going to try to be a hero and fucking try to save no. the oh, money
0: absolutely not unless they're like trying to kill people or something like that but i'm not getting in the way for money
1: no <laughs> fuck no no way the same when if it's uh like if it was a convenience store and i was like the clerk and the guy's like i need i want all the money i'm like fuck it yeah go ahead take it mm-hmm. i'm gonna yeah. fucking risk my life for this for this I'm shit. not I'm about, a bullet for
3: 7-Eleven. Yeah, right. yeah, Here's right. the
1: owner's address if you want to
2: go visit him. <laughs>
1: yes, right. So that's my end. And same with the government. The government will fuck you over so many times that if you could get some money, if you can, like, especially with these, um, like, they have special programs that to help people. The, the, the corporations take so many subsidies from the government yeah. that me taking an extra 200 or $300 here and there is not going to bankrupt anybody. So, yeah, take I say take full advantage. Of big time corporations and the government that takes advantage of you all the time, but can you guys think of anything else? <laughs>
3: um, my, mine would be cuddling after coitus. Um, I know it's a beta cuck sort of thing <laughs> that people always frown upon, but uh, it's pretty nice actually.
1: I don't. Is that a thing that's become morally reprehensible yeah.
0: now? Dude, the way. I was thinking the same thing.
3: <laughs> so maybe, maybe you live in a different parlor alpha male circle than I do, Carlos. But in my world. Is that- it's- yeah, is this
1: is that what they tell you on the all the Proud Boy chat rooms? Is that the, you're cut for doing that. Fucking
0: pussy. We'll yeah. never yeah. forgive you. What in the fuck? I love how you were like, "Yes, yeah, seal from the government," and he's like, "I like to be held."
1: He <laughs> yeah. is very sensitive.
2: I see that. Yeah, yeah and, and I'm fine with murder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, all sure. right, so, yeah we're all over the spectrum on this yeah. one so i guess yeah the other part of it too is that i have a hard time just figuring out what the baseline of morally reprehensible is because there's a lot of shit right. that i have no issues like some people if you're ultra conservative you think it's morally reprehensible just to be gay you yeah, know you yeah. Mean? so it's like and to what extreme are you taking it it's hard to like find something that's going to be universally well, like murder.
2: Murder, rape. Like, those are two yeah. big ones, you know, but. Anything involving children?
1: Well, Bobby, probably, you're probably on the fence about children, aren't you?
2: <laughs> I despise children. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, so that's why that question is difficult for me. I just like, you know, it's hard to find what, what's universally morally reprehensible because there's a lot of shit that I don't give a fuck about that some people would be like completely offended about.
0: I'm very in the camp of like, if whatever you're doing, as long as you're not harming other people, you know what I mean? Like if as yeah. long as you're not directly hurting or putting someone else in danger, it's like do whatever you want.
1: Yeah, yeah. same here, same here. All right, uh, we're going to move on to our second question. Eric asked this question. Eric. The, or states first the pandemic has curbed live comedy how will up and coming comics be able to get their break with limited open mics and live shows <laughs> So I don't know. Like I have no, There <laughs>
2: are no more breaks. I
0: was That's why I was laughing. I was like, yeah. it's adorable that this guy thinks that breaks are a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: <that's, laughs> I, I was thinking that too when I, when I read the question. But I mean, even just getting started, it's funny because when I was starting out, I would hear comics that had been doing it for a lot longer than I have would be like, listen, man, I, I'd love to help you. But the whole scene has changed a lot since I started 10, 15 years ago. It's a whole different deal now i wouldn't even know what to do these days and this was i'm talking about 15 years ago from now so now it's even more i mean now it's like fucking you, you don't even have shows like i have yeah. so i have absolutely no clue how you would even get started uh, let alone catch a break
2: I, I, th- I thought of one way but you would have to be like a female comic that gets sexually assaulted by a famous comic yeah, but oh. Louis,
0: Louis proved that that's not going to give anybody a break.
1: Yeah, that is true, yeah. Just, I
0: mean, your name will get out there for a little while, but then some fucking crazy shit will happen at the Capitol building, and then no one will ever talk about you
1: again. <laughs> <Yeah>, that's true. <laughs> you know
0: what I mean? Like,
1: Yeah, that is honestly, true. Honestly,
0: I think the big thing right now is, and I hate to say this, being a stand-up, is uh, it's fucking TikTok and YouTube and Reels and Any way that you can reach a lot of people in a short amount of time, those are the things that get passed around and go viral. And I don't, um, are, are Bobby and Ian, are you guys comedians as well?
2: Formerly, really.
1: Yeah. Ian did it for about a year and quit. And then Bobby, how long did you really do it before you started not doing it?
2: Ah, Like 10 years or so. I mean, not, not full time, really. Mm -hmm.
0: Carlos, you know, it's like we've all had to open for that guy who's not a comedian who sells out every club because he's a TikTok dude or it was a Vine dude first. Like, you know, there's on Vine or YouTube. And now I think that that kind of similar thing is happening with uh, YouTube and Instagram and TikTok is that these people are funny online. And then that's like really Zoom shows and, and stuff like that is. Yeah. As far as getting a quote unquote break. That's the only thing that I could
1: think of. Yeah, I think you're right. Before the pandemic, I mean, yeah, there were still already people selling out comedy clubs that were like just actors and from, wrestlers. <laughs> well, that too, but there were also people on YouTube and uh, YouTubers and Twitter people, or what? Like that Miranda sings, or yeah, it, yeah, 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 like th- those kinds of people. Where I had no idea who the fuck they were, but they had enough of a following that they could at least fill a room for one night. Right. But that was kind of more like the outliers. But now I think it's become, that's just going to be the way to go if you're going to try to make a name for yourself during these times. Well,
0: and it's because comedy clubs have been shut down for so long and are running on such a bare bones structure right now is that they have to make their money. Yeah. So even someone who's been doing comedy 10 or 15 years that is a far superior comedian, if you're not moving tickets, of course they're going to go with the 22-year-old TikToker who's going to sell them 300 tickets.
1: Oh, for sure. For yeah. For sure.
0: I can't fault the clubs. I get it.
2: Yeah. Just, you know? Yeah.
1: And yeah. And again, especially these days where that's basically the major outlet now since road comedy opportunities are so limited. So yeah, become a TikTok star, Eric. That's what you need to do. <laughs> yeah, there you
0: go, Eric. <laughs> there
1: you go. Eric. Yeah, start uh, dancing.
0: <laughs> dude, I downloaded TikTok a couple of days ago. Maybe over the weekend. I don't even remember. And I feel so, I'm 31 years old and I feel so fucking old on that app. <laughs> Dude, it's like unreal. I feel unattractive. I feel old. I feel like just so out of touch with what people think is funny or interesting or how to dance. I'm like, this none of this is, I shouldn't be here. You I know what I mean?
1: I don't know. I actually downloaded TikTok like two years ago and just, deleted it after like a week because it was just like this is just not for me and then it's really taken off in the last year I still don't have one but I know Ian started one for us for the podcast which I still don't know exactly how it works I guess I should download it but what do you put on there Ian? Is it just you dancing a lot?
3: (laughs) So Yeah I mean it's uh, softcore kitty porn like every other TikTok post by 15 year old girls just in a bikini twerking around the crappy pop music and we're getting some likes and lols
1: I don't believe that. I believe the lols, but I don't believe the likes. <laughs> <laughs> no, all in right. all
3: honesty, we ha- we have like about 200 views per video on average. And we're getting a handful of likes. We got like five or six videos. They're all 30 seconds to a minute of just animated shit, us talking.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. I mean, but I'm not the most savvy when it comes to all that. I mean, but the thing is, like, I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm just old enough now that I'm like, I don't give much of a... F-. I'm at like... The guys that had been doing it for a long time when I started were like, I'm not doing this stupid Facebook, Twitter shit.
4: Right. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. so now I'm at that point, but with TikTok. Like, I'm not doing this fucking stupid TikTok well, shit.
2: And, and I think you made a good point earlier, Mary, that uh, like as though social media wasn't bad enough for people's mental health <laughs> as it is, you
0: know? Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this new thing. And it's like, it's all video.
0: It's honestly what made me feel so upset was how out of touch it made me feel, where I was like, I know that I can get on stage and connect with an audience and I'm confident right. enough that I mean, I've been doing it, it'll be nine years in a couple of weeks. I was like, I'm confident enough that you can, I feel like I could go up any state, I've done comedy all over the country for all the different kinds of crowds, you put me in a live show, I'm pretty confident. But I'm like for fifteen seconds in my own house in front of a ring light, I feel like an <laughs> ass like I'm like I have no idea. I've never walked before. I don't know how my mouth <laughs> right. works. Like it's why Yeah,
1: that's the same reason I have avoided or just really not pursued doing Zoom shows is because hey, I would feel so awkward. Just yeah, being, well,
2: the, you lose that instant feedback that's so critical.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. To go back to this question, the traditional way of doing a stand-up is just not gonna work right now. Unless yeah. change, unless things go back somehow to where the way they they used to be it's a completely different field of play right now and i agree with mary you gotta fucking find your way through these new apps and social media shits
2: yeah it's over man go back to school
1: yeah that's right. yeah all right the last question for tonight amy asks why do tennessee fainting goats faint
2: don't they do that
0: as like self-defense like a play dead type of thing
1: is that the way it works? Because, see, I didn't know much about fainting goats, period. I actually, after I got the question, I did a little research. And so basically, from what I read, they, when Addition they get startled. <laughs> 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 so when they get startled or scared or something, they just fucking paralyze, become yeah. paralyzed. But see, the thing is, like, I would think, how is that a defense mechanism? I would think that <laughs> makes it like super yeah. easy to get eaten at that point.
2: Yeah, Yeah, you're already on the ground. Just take a bite out of me.
1: Yeah, is it like the other animals are too proud? like, ah, fuck it, there's no challenge here. I'm going to go fucking, I need to chase some shit. Like, I it like it when it... the animals play hard to get.
3: It makes, it, it makes getting eating less pleasant whenever you're already, like, subconscious, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah I would think that they would have already gone, ex- like, it's like I don't see what the evolutionary advantage is of paralyzing in fear. <laughs>
0: I mean, it sure does get Prozac some sales, like.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so is, is that what's keeping these goats alive is Prozac?
0: It might be like, they might be sponsored by some kind of a certain drug company. And they're yeah, like, ma- you know, do you faint on, uh, do you startle easily and faint?
2: Yeah, maybe there are water sources like outside uh, AstraZeneca or something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. that would be hilarious if that's how the fucking the, the groundwater is right next if it to one of those facilities. That <laughs> fucking Pfizer. Right, them right, It's
0: yeah. like the ra- rain runoff or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. It's actually not a defense mechanism. This is like really harmful. and It's like, like a UV radiation or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, they do say that like a lot of those medicines stay and just like even if you flush pills down the toilet or something that it, it doesn't get filtered back out when it goes through the water treatment plants.
1: I've heard that too, that a lot of that stays in the, in the water, but. Doesn't that mean just like everything stays in the water? So you're just getting a mix of fucking Prozac and Adderall and every other Ritalin. How
0: much are people flushing that shit Yeah, really. Like who's got that kind of
1: money? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's a great point.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and it's probably so diluted that it's not going to, yeah, it's not going to do anything. That's
1: kind of, I'm picturing, you know how there's like places where they have gold, but most of it's been mined, but people just go there and try to get just a little trickles. And if you catch enough little trickles, it might be worth something. So you just go to the sewage plant and just collect enough water that you can get enough fucking Adderall to sell? <laughs> are, you th-
0: are you thinking of like a prospector? Like, well, panning for gold,
1: panning like, for
2: ritalin.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. You're just panning for ritalin. Exactly. That's how you're making a living. You
0: see, that's a TikTok right there. You're standing out there with a coffee filter, just trying to get all the ritalin you can to make your quota for that week.
1: They got. They, they already got in your head, Mary. Now you're thinking TikTok every single thing. I
0: can't help it.
1: Yes, yeah, that's right. That's how you're gonna get your break. We're gonna go. To Second segment now is called Indecorous News. This is a segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. Bobby, you can start us off with this first story.
2: Axe Body Spray condemns Capitol rioters. Nice of them to, to take a real stand on uh, such a divisive yeah. issue, right? Right. Axe Body Spray has spoken out against the U.S. Capitol riots after a deodorant can was found among the rubble in the aftermath of the violence. On January 6th, a violent mob of idiots made up of supporters of Donald Trump stormed the Capitol building in an attempt to overthrow the 2020 election results. They left behind broken benches, smashed windows, damaged doors, wrecked offices, and plenty of trash, including a can of what appears to be Axe Marine Body Spray.
3: Did you guys see this? Did you see this, Ian? I did, and I have to say... I didn't really know where to land on this issue, which side to take, because there's so many good people on both sides, right? Now that I know that Axe is my moral compass, it's clearly landed on the side of fuck these guys. I think I'm gonna be on board with Axe and join the good fight. Yeah, because
1: when when has Axe ever supported douchebags?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's good product placement, you know?
0: Dude, when uh, I started dating my boyfriend, and I found out the first night I slept at his house that he's an axe guy. Whoa! And I was like, I don't know if we can do this. To be yeah. honest with you, and honestly, ironically enough, the the title, like the name of the one that he uses, is Anarchy. <laughs> so <they're>, oh, snap! <laughs> it's just funny to me that they have to be extra clear. Like you can smell like Anarchy. You can't just cause. That's all. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah. That's right.
2: They got like treason scented. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is one of those things, though, where they've, like, Axe has caught so much shit for so long now. I don't think I've ever smelled any Axe products. I would almost not be surprised if some of them smelled okay.
1: We've hung out before. You, you've smelled Axe products.
0: <laughs> they're really not bad, to be honest with you, man. Like, there's a couple of, they're douchey because it's, essential, it's body spray for men. That's all that it is. Yeah. Um it's just like it's like the love spell of the two thousands for women. Like that's every guy smelled like it for a while. But I don't
1: know what that is. What's love spell?
0: Love spell? Oh my god, that might be just a woman thing. Uh, I, I don't know. It was a purple body splash from Victoria's Secret that literally everyone had in like the early two thousands. All girls I bet if you I bet if you smelled it you would recognize really? it. Really? Yeah. Yes. It was super popular. Like, everybody wanted to smell like love smell.
1: Okay, okay. Well, uh, I've never used Axe body spray or any of the products, but it is it? Well, you would know since your boyfriend uses this shit. What do you think? What does anarchy smell like? I never thought I'd ask that question in my life. But yeah, what does anarchy Honestly, smell like? <laughs>
0: Not what you would think. Our anarchy smells like a suburban homeowner who also has a Subaru. Honestly, if we're talking about my particular case. Okay. And a four-year-old. Uh, it's just nothing anarchist about his life at all. It's really not bad. Okay. It's just like a lighter version of cologne. It's not as a strong. It's, it's a body splash for men. Okay.
1: I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that.
0: I'm glad that they're on this side of it, though, that they weren't like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah, How does my pillow feel about this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. A completely different way. So this is the origin of this, I guess. Mike DeBonis, a reporter for The Washington Post, shared a photo of the can on Twitter and said, quote, left by the mob. A lonely can of Axe body spray, unquote. Axe body spray was quick to take a stand against the violence and distance themselves from the rioters. After the photo was shared, Axe retweeted the bonus's tweet and said, quote, We'd rather be lonely than with that mob. Axe condemns yesterday's act of violence and hate at the Capitol. We believe in the democratic process and the peaceful transition of power.
2: It's, well, you know how they used to have, like, those little can safes and stuff back in the day? They'd, like, hollow out a Pepsi can or something and make it into a little safe? Maybe they're just doing that with grenades now, and you leave it as Axe Body Spray.
1: Is that what it is? Actually, that's another great question. Why was that fucking Axe Body Spray there to be fucking begin with?
0: Is it, like, I thought of uh, Jurassic Park, that there's, like, embryos in it or something, <laughs> like a bark assault <laughs> in it. You know, it's actually got codes or something. <laughs> that was what they... That can of Ix body spray is what they went into the building for.
1: <laughs> oh, that's what they were trying to get.
0: Yes. Oh
1: shit. Well it's a good thing they left it behind then. <laughs> All right, in into the last paragraph.
3: Social media users were quick to point out the absurdity of Axe Body Spray having to take a stand against an attempted coup, while others suggested the body spray company's position was stronger than some Republicans. Axe Body Spray is not the only company to have condemned the Capitol Riots. Ben and Jerry's urged for Trump to be removed from office in a statement which said, Resign, impeach, 25th Amendment, not one more day. However, Ben and Jerry's is known for speaking out on social issues. Axe, however, usually doesn't give a shit. Yeah. So, wow, look how
2: brave these companies are.
1: It's kind of one of those where, I mean, this is not just happening with all these guys. It's happening with, even with politicians. Like, everybody's turning on Trump now that they know he only has a week left. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just yeah. typical politician shit. I was like, ah, this guy's only, how much damage can he do to us? If he had one re-election, there's no fucking way they'd be turning
2: up. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: They're yeah, like, they I don't, don't even
2: know the guy that's going to be gone, you know, in a few days. Yeah.
0: Ben and Jerry's has always been woke, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I feel like they've been, they've spoken out since the beginning of everything. Ben and Jerry's
2: was like, we want to make it very clear, you know? Their first ice cream label was just like two guys blowing
1: each other on it. yeah that's right that's what it was called too that was the flavor true guys blowing each other
3: yeah but outside of ben and jerry's i mean not a lot of companies are making this flex to try to endear themselves to the liberals at the expense of ruining their sales with the MAGA crowd but uh,
1: but i mean there's there's corporations that are trying to get their money back from donating to republican candidates now yeah that that sponsored objections to the electoral vote yep like you never hear about that you like corporations trying to distance themselves from politics i mean that's their whole bread and butter is to fucking buy them off and now they're pulling away from them but i mean again it's one of those things where it's just like it's the in thing to do right now i'm sure yeah within six months they'll all go to be like oh yeah we're all buddy buddy Except for uh, well, Ben and Jerry's. They're, I mean, I do think they're. They had a whole fucking Twitter thread about this whole shit. So
0: yeah, they did that same thing back uh, with the George Floyd thing.
1: Oh, did they? See, I didn't and even know Colin,
0: that. they have a Colin Kaepernick flavor. Like they have, they've been on the train with like equal rights and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Like I feel like they were the first big corporation to straight up come out and be like, we don't give a shit if you don't think being a human
2: is a right we don't want you eating
0: our products.
1: well and not just the first but one of the only i don't think there's a whole yeah. lot taking those fucking cents
2: yeah it's uh, very on brand for them for sure
1: but in any case axe very woke uh, <laughs> kudos to you axe i never saw it coming from axe now i'll start out the second story no pants subway ride canceled for 2021 due to COVID 19. The organizers of the No Pants Subway Ride, an annual January event held on public transport in more than a dozen cities worldwide, announced the 2021 event has been canceled. Improv Everywhere, the performance art group that has organized the No Pants Subway Ride since the first event was held in 2002 in New York City, announced, Due to the COVID 19 pandemic, We are canceling the annual No Pants subway ride this year. We look forward to hosting more large-scale events once it is safe to do so again. In the meantime, we'll be working remotely on an office in the middle of the river. Yeah,
2: leave it up to an improv group to think that a No Pants subway ride would just be hilarious.
1: Well, never mind, like, hygienic. I don't know why. That alone probably would spread more diseases than fucking COVID. Just being pantless in the New York City subway. I don't know how the fuck you got away with that shit.
2: Yeah, you're going home with scabies or something.
0: I like how an improv troupe tried to take over mental illness. I mean, people have been riding the subway <laughs> pantsless for years. Right. Like, just because you try to make it cool. Like, have you never been on a bus? Like, that's just what people do. Yeah,
2: stop culturally appropriating the homeless. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> that's right. We're just going to... You're
0: lucky if you take public transit and everybody's clothed. Like.
1: You know. <laughs> right, yeah. We're just going to get on the subway and start singing like maniacs. Like, yeah, that's what... Been doing that for years. For you know,
2: but that's the thing; those those lunatics have to get on these days. Now it's their time to shine.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, All right, Bobby? You can do. It. And this is the rest of this is going to be about the office in the middle of the river, which I was not aware of. Yeah. Until I read this story, but Bobby, you can tell us more about the office in the middle of the river.
2: All right, the office in the middle of the river is improv everywhere's attempt at creating New York's most socially distanced office. The floating office in the middle of the East River includes a water cooler, a battery-powered computer with working internet, and a variety of contemporary office furniture. Workers were transported to the office by a shuttle boat at Brooklyn's Main Street Park. The workspace included breathtaking views of the Manhattan Bridge, Brooklyn Bridge, and the Manhattan skyline, providing the ultimate Zoom background.
1: Yes, yeah, so they made a little a little office, desk, which was pretty cool, like actually with a computer and everything, and they just floated in the East River which I didn't even think about it when I was reading the article, but this kind of puts a, a twist on that whole, what was the character that uh, Chris Farley used to do? Oh, the-
0: oh in a van down
3: by the yeah, river again? Yeah. I don't
1: know his name. Yeah, yeah. I don't think
2: anybody does. Oh, Fo- Foley? <laughs> does <it> Foley?
3: Foley.
1: Something <laughs> uh, Something. Foley?
3: Uh, that guy that yells. Yeah, that guy Matt
1: Foley? that yells. Matt, Matt Foley? Yeah, something like that. But anyway, yeah, it's like you're going to end up in an office on the actual river now. It's not as bad as what I'm trying to say than just living in. A, if you live in a van down by the river and you have an office on the river, then I think that's totally acceptable.
2: Yeah, and not to mention, if you see a van down by the river now, it's probably worth over $100,000. <laughs>
1: yeah, especially in New York City. Yeah,
2: you're going to see a Mercedes logo on the back.
0: Yeah, that's. I was going to inquire about the what they're paying in rent for that <laughs> yeah. river. It's like, you know, it's a 200 square foot, $2,500 a month because of the view. Yeah, I mean.
1: exactly. That alone. All right, Mary, you can do this next little paragraph there.
0: The boat battery was hidden inside the desk along with a Mac Mini and a Verizon hotspot, which allowed member of Improv Everywhere sitting at the desk to take a live Zoom call with other members of Improv Everywhere. Since the pandemic is still going on, the office also included hand sanitizer and Lysol. Everything was either screwed to the floor or stuck with double-sided tape in case of an unexpected big wave. Yeah,
1: so I think this passes is OSHA rules.
0: Yes, everything. Does seem yeah, to be as
1: soon, a, yeah. As long as you fucking screw everything to the floor and do double-sided tape, I think you're good with electronics in the middle of the East River. <laughs> I, honestly, just falling in the East River is enough of a concern to like. I don't. I don't think you can survive falling in the East River without fucking running into a dead body.
0: Well, how big of a thing is this? If only a Mac Mini and a Verizon hotspot. Like, do they need hints? I guess to like after you use it to wipe everything down with the Lysol. To take
1: turns? This yeah. is actually, well, actually, here's the pic. Can you guys see the picture?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. helped helps yeah. us
3: understand it better. So we Here should we describe go. this to the listeners at home, Carlos. Yeah, yeah, was... we'll
1: describe this to the listeners. We'll post it on uh, Patreon for the people that want to actually see what we're talking about. But it's a dude at a desk. He's wearing, like, a life jacket thing. And I don't see where the computer is. I guess it... it's
0: right in front of his face. Oh,
1: is that what it is? The, the...
0: That's the, the the black thing with the silver on it. Yeah. Have you never seen a desktop computer? Well, <laughs> with,
1: with, with a tower. Like, where's the tower? So, well, you make... need
2: a tower. Really, Mac minis are really small.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that fucking explains it. <laughs> They're about
2: now. the size of, like, a stack of three or four CDs, basically.
1: Oh, shit. Well, see, yeah. A little so bigger that's, than that. yeah. that's how, yeah, I'm a... I'm 30, so it's like I'm very, you know, I, I don't. I'm 31, man. No, I, uh, I see, you know, it is it is beyond my age.
3: <laughs> so let me try to let me try to understand this. So this guy is on, on on this little thing floating in the in the water. So this is like their office where they write down audience suggestions. Yeah, he, he just oh. looks like a
2: port, He looks like a port authority cop, <laughs> like just out in the East River.
3: Yeah, it, he's got a printer,
1: and he's got a he even has like a water uh jug cool. water cooler, water cooler thing. Yeah, filing cabinet. I mean, I would say I can say that this office space would go at least for two thousand dollars in New York City.
0: Do you think that this like? I feels like this is where they would put like a, a detective who's on his second divorce and just fucking up on the force. You know <laughs> what I mean? Where they're like Johnson's. You're out on the river. This is like not the river, man. It's <laughs> like this is the last step before you turn in your gun and badge. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> he got he pissed off the sergeant or the what lieutenant or whatever. This is the assignment he got now.
2: Right. Yeah, this is gonna be a new threat for police departments. This is where you go if you kill an unarmed black guy. It's
1: like you're doing it's like it, for guys that still want to be outside but are gonna get office work. Like you're gonna be outside, but you're still gonna have to be doing office work the whole time.
2: Right. Yeah. That's your punishment. Exactly. Like if this was the wire, McNulty would definitely be on this.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, this is where McNulty would have ended up doing uh, paperwork on the (laughs) East River. And you can do the last little paragraph there.
3: All right. At one point, a private boat tour passed the floating office, but the Improv Everywhere member at the desk told the tour passengers he was not allowed to talk because he was in the middle of an important Zoom meeting. Yeah. So presumably so he, coming up with words that rhymed and goofy catchphrases to use in that show. We, yeah,
1: he was waiting for the location and uh, motivation and all that. I've never done improv, so I really don't. Have you guys done improv?
3: Yeah, it's like 85% being loud, obnoxious, and 20% audience suggestions, and then 5% talent, I
0: guess.
3: 110%. Yeah, the, <laughs> <come> exactly. <laughs>
0: the thing if this guy's actually into improv why wouldn't he talk to the people on the boat
1: yeah right yeah you would think right
0: isn't their whole thing yes and and he was just straight up like no yeah <laughs> that's right Keep that's like moving. rule number one
1: <laughs> yeah that's right they should fucking throw this guy off the fucking ledge of the office
0: Right, take well, it he, he
2: clearly got into improv at middle age, so there's not a lot, <laughs> of, a lot of sadness there.
1: <laughs> a little bit of a promotion.
0: Bucket
2: lister. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Hey, but to be fair, that was the first time I'd ever heard the words improv and important used in the same sentence.
1: All right, we're going to move on to our deep dive. We build this show as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. This week, we will be talking about indecorous million-dollar ideas. That's what I called it, but some of these are like way more than million-dollar ideas. Basically, they're ridiculous ideas that made somebody a lot of money. So the next time you come up with an idea for a silly or practical product, don't let your shithead friends immediately write the thing off as a dumb idea. For every dumb idea out there, there are even more dummies ready to open their wallets when their favorite coked-up pitchman screams at them at two in the morning. Tonight, we're going to talk about some of the most ridiculous ideas that made their inventors a ridiculous amount of money. Bobby, you can do this first one.
2: Apparently, one
1: wishbone in the Thanksgiving turkey wasn't enough for Ken Aroni's family
2: uh, who would fight over it, so he came up with the idea for plastic wishbones meant to be broken and wished upon just like the real thing. In 2004, he decided to close his consulting business and launch the Lucky Break Wishbone Corporation and start selling them. In just two years, the company generated a million in sales across 40 states.
3: Probably vegans, right? Because vegans don't get to do the whole pull apart the dead carcass so they can, you know, make believe like some sort of plant loaf-based thing has bones yeah. in it and they can. Oh, look,
2: yeah, like you'd catch them using single-use plastics. Ian, come on. <laughs>
1: So this was the whole concept. It was just a plastic thing that looked like a wishbone for people to crack.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like it like at Thanksgiving somebody that thought that this was an awesome idea and went out and like you know and bought them. Somebody was cracking the real wishbone and then their kids are yelling at the kids table or whatever and they just like hand out little wishbones for everybody to wish on. I feel like this
0: is the same guy who steals the coins out of the wishing well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like you don't get to just you don't get to just make new wishes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. work. work that's right. You know, you can't just make plastic and be like these are wishes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it works. Has there been any studies about how many wishes have actually been fulfilled with the plastic wishbones as mm. opposed to the real bone wishbones? Well, that's what I. That's about. why they're selling so many of them. God damn. All right. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess it worked at least for this guy that made it. That's probably his wishbone wish, was that I make a million dollars doing a fucking bullshit plastic (laughs) wishbone. It
2: would would at least be cool if there was a better backstory, like, you know, his brother got killed for stealing
1: the wishbone or something. (laughs)
0: I was thinking that this was him wishing for more wishes.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: So he just invented his own.
1: That would be the shortcut. Yeah, he just fucking... Yeah. You do, that could be anybody's shortcut, really. Just make a million fucking plastic wishbones. Fucking you
3: rule the world.
1: <laughs> All right, and you can do the next one.
3: With an estimated profit of half a billion dollars, the Yellow smiley Face is the creation of Murray and Bernard Spain. They wanted to open their own novelty store, so they bought the exclusive rights to the ubiquitous smiley face along with the have a nice day tagline they put the image and words on all kinds of useless shit and paved the way to a 50 million dollar net worth in just the first year and a half good lord so people just want to be merry and see a smiley face and there wasn't already smiley faces so they kind of got a monopoly on this shit
1: i mean are we talking about the little circle the yellow face with the smile that's what we're talking about are these people
3: yeah because i mean i think nirvana had one and sued the shit out of a bunch of people that stole their smiley face but uh this might be a different smiley face. Yeah. Oh.
0: This is, this guy made half a billion dollars in profit from Chinese food restaurants alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> like, this right. is
0: on all of their to-go bags. Oh, yeah. Every on... single
1: one, yep. yep. Yeah.
0: That's, that's what the first thing that came to my mind was, was like all the generic, like, bodegas yep. that have this.
1: Yep. And yeah, and there's smiley faces on the cookies, the fortune cookie thingies. They all mm-hmm. have a little smiley. I'm just surprised that they had to actually I mean I, I guess kudos to them for being honest enough to buy the rights to something that a six-year-old could draw
2: uh-huh.
0: And the tagline have a nice day like they yeah. just took a greeting yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. And they also purchased hey man
3: yes. <laughs> and happy birthday so I wonder yeah. do they make most of their money from suing Hallmark greeting cards or something <laughs> they really
1: Maybe that's what it is, man. Maybe it's like, yeah, if you just trademark hey what's up, then you can just sue everybody that says hey what's up for the rest of your life.
0: What well, band tries to do that? Is that KISS? Did they? that tries to trademark is it KISS or they're like constantly trying to trademark everything they've ever said?
1: Oh, I don't know that. I don't know. I didn't know. Oh my God. I mean it it makes I think it is it, it would it makes sense. I mean those motherfuckers are all about making money, so that would make sense.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Gene Simmons owns the right to suck my dick. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey. I don't know enough about how copyrights or trademarks work, but I mean, how can you possibly? Like, I remember back in the day, Donald Trump was trying to trademark you're fired, but yeah. it's not like you're the first person to have ever said you're fired. How in the fucking world can you fucking trademark something like that? Lawyers. I don't know.
0: Celebrities try to do that kind of stuff all the time. I yeah.
1: So. Oh, Man. yeah. Let's
2: roll after 9 11.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's roll. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Which would be a
2: great name for a sandwich shop.
1: <laughs> well, I'll give them credit for at least paying whoever the fuck it was that, I mean, whoever the hell it was that actually did the smiley face with have a nice day, they were probably like, what? You're gonna, you're gonna, okay, sure. Well, yeah.
0: Celebrities have tried to trademark their catchphrases, like Paris tried to trademark that's hot. Cardi B tried to trademark that, or, oh, krr, that like noise oh, that she does. God. that Oh, the way she says, okay. And it, uh, it was Gene Simmons that I was thinking of, the Kiss guy. He tried to trademark the, like, metal horns, the devil horns. Oh, really? Oh. He tried, yeah, he tried to trademark that. And he's got, like, a long history of trying to do crazy things See, like See, I
1: don't know enough about the history of the metal horns. If he came up with it, then maybe I can be like, all right, you can trademark it being put on shirts and, and merchandise and shit. But... A phrase like, that's hot. It was like, you're the first yeah. person that's ever said that's hot. And you, eventually, the whole fucking English language is going to be trademarked. You can't say fucking shit. Yeah.
2: yeah, you just get sued every time you open your mouth. Yeah. According
0: to this website that I found, Gene Simmons has attempted to register over 182 trademarks uh, over the years. Yeah, yes. see, it
1: makes that's why, like, I didn't know the story that you were telling, but it sounded just like something Gene Simmons would have fucking Yeah, been.
2: that's what's like. I think it was Kiss.
1: Yep. <laughs> All right, Bobby, you can do this next one.
2: This might be a little before Carlos's time because he's only 30, but back yeah, when I was right. in elementary school, <laughs> <laughs> slap bracelets were all the rage. Former shop teacher Stuart Andrews came up with the idea, launched the product, and banked between 6 to $8 million in 1990 alone.
1: And these are those things that you could just, like, it was like a straight thing, and then you just hit your wrist and it would wrap around.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think my parents had those things because I'm very young. You're so young. Yeah, I'm very young. Person. Dude,
2: I going to say, when I was younger too, a, a buddy of mine, his dad had the idea to basically take slap bracelets and put an adhesive side to it, like a reusable adhesive thing, and then use it to like close chip bags
3: and stuff. Oh. And,
2: and that's look why at you. That. That's why you don't see that today.
3: Uh oh, your dad's the
2: been bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 my my friend's dad.
3: Or your friend's dad's McGover. Yeah.
2: Exactly.
0: I was just thinking of Chuck E Cheese. Like those were like, you know, 200 tickets to get a slap <laughs> yeah.
3: bracelet.
1: Oh, is that right. Dude,
2: yeah. It it has always kind of bugged me how like the enti- like the, just the entire economy of those arcades where it's like 200 tickets that you spent $45 getting <laughs> and you get I- you're going to get that slap bracelet. You get a
0: slap bracelet, a sticky hand, and a an racer. Yeah. There used to
1: be there used to be a comedy club outside of Atlanta called a Funny Farm. And it was inside of it was called Andretti's, which was but the place was kind of like a Dave and Busters type deal, like Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> so you could get tickets and shit. And I was doing that with Andy Sanford once. And they pay we, you in points? Well, they might as well have paid us in points because we fucking figured out they had this wheel. And we figured out how to time it to where we hit the jackpot every time. Yeah. And we got, we would get like, we were like, I have pictures of us like rolling in tickets like we're fucking ballers. (laughs) just fucking tickets wrapped around us. And we collected like fucking 10,000 or 20,000 of those motherfuckers. We got a fucking remote control boat, bro.
0: You could rent out space for improv everywhere.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Exactly. I could have had my home home office with that shit. (laughs) All right, Mary, you can do this next little thing.
0: Alex too, a 21-year-old from England, came up with the idea to sell each of the 1 million pixels on his web page to advertisers for $1 each with the noble idea of raising money for college. Apparently, news of his idea spread, and in a little over a year, he was sold out of pixels to the tune of $1 million.
1: I remember this. I remember when this came out. Yeah, that dude was just selling like one little pixel. And yeah, people enough people were like, well, I guess you could buy several pixels at a time if you wanted your ad to look you know, oh, bigger yeah. than all the other ones.
3: Uh, I see. Yeah, you'd
2: have to. to yeah. So you turn this yeah. into a
3: big dick contest. So it brings all that corporate big dick energy to the game and people were like, all right, gotta make my little logo bigger than this guy's, I'll buy 100 pixels or whatever, so yeah. And it's the
1: thing is like the idea, I guess that's part of the allure sometimes with these things is like the idea is so dumb and, and ridiculous that that's what attracts people to it it's just like oh look at this dumb ridiculous thing and yeah. then and it's
0: only a dollar so people are like oh what's 100 bucks it's going to this kid's college fund or whatever yeah i like the idea of him selling his website like a nascar you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like exactly. just different logos smacked everywhere covering every single piece of it you know i mean
1: good for him for co- that's it th- and that's the other thing about a lot of these ideas or like an idea especially like this one is like you can't repeat it you can't be like The second person to be like, oh, I'm going to do this too. Nah, it's already been done. It's not going to work for you. You got to be the first one in there. All right, Bobby, you can do the next one.
2: So everybody's heard of the Snuggie, and as far as as as-seen-on-TV products go, it definitely works as advertised. That, along with a ridiculous advertising campaign, made Scott Boylan's Snuggie a smash hit earning more than $200 million.
1: Like, I don't know if Ian can comment on this because he might get called a cuck in his chat room <laughs> if he talks too much about the Snuggie. <laughs> so you can recuse yourself on this one, Ian, if it's going to No, get no, no, I,
3: I, I got a hot take. I mean, I think this is what's taking a lot of the sex drive out of couples. This is probably what's leading to that sex drought in Japan because a couple that sits around and hangs out in Snuggies they're not fucking am I right so yeah they
1: don't need each other anymore they just yes, they just got their Snuggie I'm and telling you they take
3: the lust equation out and then everyone's like a snuggly personified honey bear this snuggle bunny that and they just become like cartoon characters
0: 30 minutes ago he was talking about how much he loved cuddling after sex and now he's like Snuggie's ruined banging <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah you're a walking contradiction I'm telling you once, you once you bang then the, then you get the green light to snuggle but if you wear this kind of shit around the house you're never gonna bang in the first you house. don't wanna you're not
1: gonna want to snuggle to begin with is what you're saying. Unless
0: you're naked underneath. <laughs> Hell yeah. And then it's just easy access. Is The thing is just a backwards robe. That's all that it is. They took the idea of a hospital gown and made it out of a blanket instead of paper. Yeah, all you need is like a
3: costume bear mask and you got basically some furry cosplay, right here.
1: All right, we're getting a little bit too deep into your dreams here, your sex dreams. (laughs) I'll do this next one. Every year, millions of kids all over the world write letters to Santa because we've all agreed lying in the name of getting shitty children to behave is totally acceptable and stands the test of time. Byron Reese saw the potential for a service because non existent beings can't answer fan mail and for $10 offered personalized return letters straight from Santa Claus himself. In 2009 alone, Reese sold over 300,000 of these bullshit letters and raked in 3 million that year alone. So this guy is saying, send me the letter and I'll reply like I'm Santa Claus? Yeah. yeah. That's a
0: good idea. That's, a, that's brilliant. That's a great I'm idea. I'm very upset that I didn't think about yeah. that.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like if he's like, hey, have your kids send a letter and you make sure you put a letter in it, tell me what you actually bought them. And then I'll send a letter back, you know, you've been a good kid. Like, just getting a little bit of intel on the uh, kid. Yeah. Oh, man, that's genius. Yeah, that's it does seem perfect. like it
1: would require some
2: coordination with the
1: parents there. Yeah, that's a perfect one. Like, especially if you're, like, a cheap parent that just doesn't want to buy the PlayStation 5 and you just got your kid a pair of socks, you know, it's coming straight from Santa Claus, man. Like, yeah. Santa Santa Claus can explain, He's like, ah, dude, it's I meant to get you that, but... uh fucking got lost in the chimney or some shit. That's a perfect way of getting around that.
0: Also, don't think that this guy didn't work for his money because if in one year, he had 300,000 letters that he had to respond to, in the month of December alone, that's like 10,000 letters a day that this guy has to yeah, write. Yeah,
1: that is true. I mean, if he did actually do it himself. I'm hoping yeah. he's not outsourcing this to Indonesia or some shit. it <laughs> that like, yeah, yeah.
2: that. that's just true. A, a bunch of like just horribly spelled letters. Yeah. yeah. It's a call center. He's
0: yeah. broken yeah, yeah.
1: English. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'd like for you to be having very good Christmas.
1: <laughs> Half the letters are asking the kid for money so he yeah. can get out of Nigeria. <laughs> right. Uh, Ian, you can do this next one.
3: All right, Ken Hakuta's mother brought him a silly novelty gift from China that will seemingly walk down any wall it's thrown at. Hakuta decided to buy the rights to the Wacky Wall Walker and started marketing it in Washington, D.C. It didn't go well until Washington Post reporter got a hold of one, clearly out of ideas and probably on the brink of suicide, decided to take up newspaper space with an article about it. In the months that followed, Hakuta sold over $240 million of the little fuckers and earned roughly $80 million.
1: Wow. Are these the creepy crawler things? I don't know what this is. I've seen these
3: things. They walk up and down the wall. It's like a little gobbly goop thing that just kind of defies the laws of gravity. And oh, magic.
1: okay. So this was a while ago. This is like an old thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. think I,
2: I left it out, but he apparently bought it. I think for a hundred thousand dollars, which is like what? Is, bought the the rights to it. Like he got oh. it and then yeah, reached out and purchased the rights to it. Which I feel like you couldn't even really do today because somebody will just rip you off
1: you know i mean that's i'd obviously paid off for him but that's a fucking huge asset inv- i mean yeah
2: yeah that's quite a gamble
1: and if you already had that kind of money you probably don't even need more i mean it's one of those things where It's like you hear about people in vegas that play poker and then or, or whatever they're playing and they hit it huge and they're, they're like 20 million dollars well if you're gonna make 20 million dollars gambling you probably went in there with at least a million yeah like, it's not like it was a rags to riches like so if this guy had a hundred thousand or what is it a hundred million dollars
2: uh 80 million was what he i guess earned oh, selling but how it. but
1: he but he bought it for a hundred thousand yeah
2: excuse me put it yeah he put a hundred thousand into it buying the rights yeah
1: even if i saw this thing when i went to china i would still be even if i was like oh man this is the shit this is going to be selling so, where the fuck am i going to find a hundred thousand dollars dude yeah yeah, this is just the rich getting, now I'm pissed, man. The steep dice making me angry, yeah. buddy. Yeah, we're on to you, <laughs> Ken Hakuda.
0: Now he wants to, that's the major corporation that Carlos is going to target next. He's like, <laughs> those wacky wall walkers.
1: Yeah, I'm going to fucking steal all the wacky walkers that come my <laughs> the way. The
0: rich get richer, motherfucker. <laughs> and actually,
1: Carlos, I
2: own the rights to I'm Pissed, so I'm going to oh, need to cough up a few bucks. motherfucker.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if any, if I ever meet anybody that's from the Wacky Walker dynasty, they, they help with them. All right, Bobby, you can do the next one.
2: Right. Everyone's favorite digital keychain pet simulation, Tamagotchi, was apparently a great alternative to the real pets. A lot of kids won't clean up after because they were able to hawk 70 million of them worldwide. At its peak, one Tamagotchi was being sold every second
1: do you guys remember tamagotchis
0: yeah dude i had them i had two
1: what so it, it was those were those. <laughs> we're <dying>. the
0: <laughs> well they're little like egg shaped video games essentially and it was just this little like thing on the screen that would poop and you'd have to clean up after the poop and you'd have to feed it twice a day and you'd have to give it a bath like that was literally all you had to do you could exercise with it so you could like go over the screen and like play with it And if you neglected it, like, its poop would pile up and its, like, health would decline. And if you didn't wash it or didn't feed it, the things would die. Yeah,
2: child services would show up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you like, call 696 Tamagotchi on these things (laughs) and they're knocking on the door. Just trying to bleach everything real quick before they take it away from you. Um, But, yeah, I had two of them. And, like, I was in elementary school when these were popular. Everyone had They were
1: like little, were they like keychain size? Yeah, little things? they were
0: like clementine, like the size of that.
1: Okay. So what? Uh, what's the story, man? What, what, what happened to your Tamagotchi you that died?
0: Dude, I don't even know. Wow. I have no idea. I'm sure they died and I just never, I was like, well, whatever, it's dead anyway.
1: All these people just had these
2: like middle-aged like tamagotchi failures (laughs) still living at home you know
1: (laughs) you got a fucking teenager tamagotchi is fucking giving you shit all the time (laughs) you guys ever play animal crossing
0: no but i have a lot of friends
1: that do do you yeah animal crossing i used to play it on the wii and it's basically you just live in a little town and there's little animals that are your friends And it's basically kind of, it reminds you of Tamagotchi where you're just like kind of just living. That's all you do. (laughs) You you talk to your neighbors and you water plants and shit. Well, that
2: sounds just lovely.
1: (laughs) Well, it sounds like the most boring shit ever, but I got so hooked on that shit. I was like, every day I was playing this shit. And then the week crapped out, so I couldn't check on Animal Crossing anymore. And I felt so bad. I was like, oh, no
0: everybody's gonna die
1: everybody's gonna die they're gonna think i abandoned them
0: well dude that was what tamagotchi was that you get like an attachment to it like a pet because you're feeding it and taking care of it and like
2: it's like a mini like a micro rpg kind of at that point
1: that yeah i can see that yeah was there so and the other thing is like if it was anything like animal crossing there really is no end game it's just like you just keep fucking feeding this thing and cleaning its poop is that basically the way it worked
0: if I remember correctly, they did evolve. so you would like uh, you would get it as a baby, like a little egg and it would hatch and then it would grow into like a teen- like a middle phase, like a teenage phase, and then it would be like full grown. I don't remember if they like what happened if they just like moved out. I don't remember, but if you <laughs> killed it, I remember they would give you another egg.
1: Oh, okay. So that was all you just killed that. You just get to start all over again. I think so. Uh, if only real kids were that way. You got a huh. shitty kid. You just get to get rid of that one and fucking start all over again. No, that's fucking... what it did.
0: So the pet life cycle stages were baby, child, teenager and adult. Um, so the pet's age would increase once it's awakened from its sleep time. Poor care can cause a pet to die, but it could also die off as old, from old age. So if you cared for it long enough, it would just die of natural causes.
2: That's how oh you win. Your—that's <laughs> a terrible way to have like kids <laughs> yeah. win I something.
0: I yeah. yeah, it was an egg, and then a baby, and then a child, a teenager, and an adult. Yeah.
3: So you win if you keep them alive, basically.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you win if yeah, but they're eventually gonna die. I mean, I guess that is life, though. That is uh-huh. life. You're just gonna fucking. You win if you just keep your kids alive enough to Long eventually enough that you die off for them in your old age. Yeah. Oh my god. I—I I mean, I will say this. I have gotten, you know, even beyond Animal Crossing, like back then. It wasn't even my Wii, it was my girlfriend's Wii. And she, when we first got it, she got this game that was like, we raised the horses. And I was like, this is the gayest shit ever. <laughs> and, and then I started playing it and I got hooked on this shit. Like now I'm raising <laughs> horses and shit. Yeah. And then you had the option of like, you know, you have to feed these horses. And if you don't feed them, they get malnutrition and they'll die. And for a while we were talking about like, man, I wonder what that's like. Like, we should try to see what happens. And I'm like, I can't. I couldn't get myself to do it. It's fucking these video game horses. I couldn't get myself to starve them to death, even though they're not real.
2: They need their sugar cubes.
1: Yeah, that's right. All right, I'll do this next one. Knowing what idiots we all are, Gary Dahl figured out a way to literally sell rocks to dummies by tossing the word pet in front of it and selling the rock on a bed of hay with a pet training manual, which we can only assume in the Gaza Strip said... Throw at Israelis. Oh, my goodness. Bobby. Bobby. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: Bobby.
1: Uh, hey, just, I mean, that's what it said,
2: man. <laughs> that's how they were selling yeah. So this was yeah, Pet Rocks. It, and this w- was the
3: anti-Semitic version. It, Anti-Semitic Pet Rock. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This was definitely, I mean, I joke around, but this was definitely before my time. I don't know anything about this. This literally was just a rock that you put a name on?
2: Yeah, I think this was the 70s. But, it, yeah, it was just a rock, and they, like, had it on a bed of hay, and... They sold the shit out of him, apparently, but it was also very boring back then. I
4: think. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. There wasn't you much know, internet
0: porn
3: back yeah. in the
4: day.
2: If you don't have a smartphone, you got room in your pocket for a fucking rock, you know?
0: It's just, if anybody didn't purchase this as like a toy, and they were just carrying around a rock that they had given a name and a personality to, you would never go near that person.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. And you know people did that too, they just like got made fun of at school for having a generic pet rock.
1: Yeah, you would just be the guy on the subway with a pet rock, right. and then eventually improv everywhere would co-opt your fucking bit <laughs> you know what would be funny though it was in the 70s i wasn't sure what the time frame was but it would be funny if this pet rock shit had come out at the same time as tamagotchi and people still chose pet rock <laughs> you know oh, I mean, man. Was a, like hey. you can have a thing but uh, this rock I'd, I'd rather have the rock
2: yeah you don't have to clean up pet rocks shit there's <laughs> digital any digital shit that's you know? right
1: that's right all right uh, mary you can do this next little one
0: Joel Calm was channeling his inner middle school boy and hopefully not hanging out with a real one when he came up with the iFart app that basically turns your phone into a whoopee cushion. And 99 cents on iTunes, Calm had has already earned close to $400,000.
1: I, I mean, I believe it, especially when fucking apps first started coming out, like fucking everything. It's the silliest little idea. And since it's only 99 cents, people are like, oh, fuck. it's kind of like the Pixel thing. So yeah, like, oh, it's just a dollar. So fucking, yeah, w- sure. There was somebody I read about this. Somebody
2: just created this app called "I'm Rich Bitch," and it was just like it was just like a jewel like that floated around the screen or something, and sold it in the app store I think for a thousand dollars, and like eight people bought it. I think.
1: That I was gonna bring that up. I didn't bring it up earlier because I, I don't know if it was gonna be later on this thing. But yeah, this dude was just like cause some people just want to prove that they can buy it, so yeah. they fucking spend it and. Fuck it, even if only eight people bought it, he still made $8,000 off of this stupid yeah. shit.
3: That's why we're missing out by not having a $20,000 Patreon-level card. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> Just like,
1: yeah, that's the uh, I'm Rich Rich yeah. level. Because,
3: you know, who, who knows, one of our Indecorous fans might just want that ultimate flex, you know? All
1: right, Ian, you get do this next one. All right, in
3: 1993, Jonah White watched dental student Rich Bailey pick up girls while wearing ugly false teeth. Knowing how awful people are, White figured he could turn some people's real-life dental nightmares into a novelty gift and lots of cash, so he teamed up with Bailey and created Billy Bob Teeth. Over 20 million of them have been sold for $40 million, and Bailey has more ammunition to pick up chicks with. I see these at Myrtle Beach all the time. Every time you go to Myrtle Beach to novelty gift shop, these fuckers are, are everywhere.
2: Half of those are real. Um, yeah, that's just Myrtle Beach yeah. teeth.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. you think they're wearing uh, those shits. That's just fucking
1: Myrtle Beach I've been teeth. duped.
0: Just in, you're just in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> right.
2: you, you know, as soon as that got popular, some people that just had just really gnarly teeth were like, this is my time to shine. What a time to be alive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like those hats. Have you seen those hats that will have the mullet hair behind them? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, same shit, man. If you have an actual mullet. Well, I guess... You know, I, I was going to say, like, if you had an actual mullet, you could just hide behind, like, ah, it's a novelty thing. But I think people that wear mullets still, they're pretty proud of them.
3: Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. think yeah. we're going ironic mullet, hipster mullet, and then classic redneck mullets There's Yeah, I, think, I
1: think redneck mullet is not trying to hide it. They're fucking pretty yeah. proud of that shit. <laughs>
0: Redneck mullet is a lifestyle.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's the whole fucking lifestyle.
2: Yeah, you don't grow the mullet, the mullet grows you. <laughs>
1: you can take the kid out of the mullet, but not the mullet out of the kid. I don't know, i have run out of fucking phrases. I'll do this last one. For all the OCD people on the planet that need every one of their hairs on their heads at exactly the same length, Rich Hunts came up with the Flowbee and sold it to future extreme coupon moms everywhere the hair clipping device attached to a regular vacuum cleaner and made both the cleanup and getting made
3: fun of at school super easy.
1: Over two million flobies
3: were. This is sold. a child torture device, basically. I mean, have any of you guys ever had your hair cut by a flobie? No, no, dude, I, I mean, it was, Have you? It was worse than bee stings <laughs> and timeouts. Yes, I had this shit happen, and not only did my mom fuck up my hair royally, but it hurt like a motherfucker. So, dude, really? It hurt. Would not recommend. I mean, she didn't oh, probably man. have the technique down, Pat, but I mean, yeah, she kind of. I mean, think about putting a vacuum cleaner on your hair and just fucking yanking you as you cut it.
1: All of a sudden, all the cuddling stuff starts making sense now.
0: Oh, talk about mommy issues. He had his hair cut with a vacuum cleaner.
3: Yeah, no Did shit. Did she
0: even use the attachment or was she just <laughs> running over your head with a vacuum
1: cleaner? Yeah,
3: now I think about it. I had a very traumatic childhood.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: that wasn't a floby. That was just the vacuum
1: <laughs> Yeah, that was just her. Just was the vacuum cleaner and she had a razor blade in her hand. <laughs> all right, guys. We're going to move on to our last segment of the night this is indecorous laws every week or whenever we feel like we highlight some of the oddest laws in different states of the united states most of these were real laws at least at some point some of them have since been revealed and others are sadly still on the books one of them may be unverified this week we are doing new hampshire and bobby you can do this first one in multiple
2: counties in new hampshire it is illegal to hold a picnic in a cemetery
1: buzzkill
0: i'm on board with this (laughs)
1: do do you why is that mary
0: because uh, now i understand how it might seem insensitive to families who would want to like have lunch with their dead dad or something like that (laughs) but i think that weirdos who are super into like halloween and the afterlife would go just hang out in cemeteries and think that that's okay yeah and that is disrespectful
1: yeah it'd be like overrun with like goths and shit
0: just people in nightmare before christmas
3: yeah (laughs) So so mary doesn't like hot topic kids is the moral of the story
1: Right. <laughs> I didn't even realize this was... So, I mean, apparently it's an issue if they have to write a whole fucking law for it.
0: Yeah, there was something going on in New Hampshire where they're like, no more, guys. We can't. There
2: there's just a really popular restaurant with no outdoor seating like right next to a cemetery.
1: All right, I'll do this next one. In 2017, New Hampshire passed an anti-homicide law defining a 20-week fetus as a person, clarifying that the law did not apply to pregnant women who might need an abortion. The language of the law was so vague, however, that it could have permitted pregnant women to commit any murder without consequences, and the law had to be amended.
3: Oh, that's awesome.
1: So, can you guys figure this out? They were trying to pass either a, what is it, like a pro-choice law?
0: So, they were saying you can't, so it's an anti-homicide law Uh defining life starting at 20 weeks pregnant. So they're like life starts at 20 weeks, but if you're a pregnant woman, you have the choice. So if you're pregnant, you're exempt from the anti-homicide law. They're thinking abortions, but pregnant women were like, "Oh, I can just kill people because I'm pregnant."
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they <it> made it <laughs> too it's like if you're Mario and you catch a star for a little while, you're invincible. Right. You're outside the law. You can just be fucking merking dudes. <laughs>
2: yes, yes. And from what I've heard before, it's not probably a good idea to just allow pregnant women to kill people because they will take advantage of that law.
3: Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah, dude. Because <laughs>
1: yes, you know how pregnant women are. They get murderous and shit.
3: And then they'll want to eat a peanut butter sandwich with dog food. Uh, pickles. pickles. <laughs> Uh, That would be hilarious
1: if, like, however long it took them to amend this law, New Hampshire just became the mecca for mobsters to find hit women, I guess.
4: (laughs) Pregnant
0: hit women.
1: Yeah, pregnant hit women. It was just fucking, that was the boom years of being a pregnant hit woman.
0: Dude, so unsuspecting, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You'd
0: get away with it every time. Nobody would see that coming.
1: Absolutely. And especially if you have, like, a big 20 weeks. How big are you at 20 weeks? I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at this sort of thing.
0: That's five months. So okay. you've got a decent, you've got a nice size bump. Like, if around five months is when women start to show, so they don't look just fat anymore.
1: So so there you go. So then you can exaggerate the bump a little bit more to hide more weapons. <laughs> You're like the ultimate killing machine. Right? <laughs>
0: Or if you put on a lot of weight, you might just look fat still at this point. So no one even knows that you're pregnant.
1: There you go. So it's like a win-win for murderous women in New Hampshire. This, this
0: chubby chick came up to me and said she had a loophole. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> right. It's like, listen, you, anybody wronged you or anything? Because I can I can do anything, bro. Take care of that for yeah.
3: you. Yeah,
0: yeah, my Wednesday's wide open. My second trimester. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> All right, Ian, Ian uh, closes out with this last one.
3: All right, paying off gambling debt with the clothes off your back is illegal. So this is like if you're wearing some bedazzled shit and you're looking real spiffy, you can't just like, yeah, that's uh
1: Right, right, it's like, look at how fly I look. This is worth at least $2,000.
3: Yeah, dude, some people got some really garish fucking loud ass shit that might have some legit gold on it though, you know?
1: I get, all my shit is always, because I've never been really a fashion guy, so all my shit is from the Goodwill store, basically. But there are, well, I mean, this is not like it's news to anybody, but it's kind of like news to me when people are like, oh yeah, well, like $200 pair of jeans, right? Is a $200, this is my question, is a $200 pair of jeans somehow more like in the fabric or just the way it's made, somehow more reliable than a $50 nope. pair of no, jeans? No,
3: no, you're buying a brand, you're getting to wear a name, it's a status symbol, you're basically just a walking billboard for some shitty company.
1: That's what, because that, that's what I always assumed, but I didn't know if there was actually.
0: I disagree. I think that to a certain degree, what you're saying is correct—that you are paying for a name brand. But when you buy higher quality made items, there's a difference in like the comfort of it, how long it lasts. Like if you buy a five dollar. T-shirt at Target and there's nothing wrong with that if you buy it's not gonna be as well made as like a $20 t-shirt somewhere else and I I firmly stand behind that.
3: Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think at the lower levels there's a big difference between like a really really cheap off-brand and then something that's nice but then when you get into like the Express sort of guest clothing line the difference between that and like the Gucci Versace all that stuff it's a negligible difference from there. You
0: know? Okay, I get what you're saying. You're t- saying like the difference between like mid high end, like the difference between that and That's right. a $2,000 pair of jeans. Exactly. That yeah. Now, as a gambler who likes expensive shoes, <laughs> I would love this. If I could be down $300 in blackjack and just give them my pumps instead, that would be incredible. And it
2: sounds like you can even with this law. Right. Because it's the clothes off your back. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not off your feet. Loophole. Yeah, loophole. I don't know if that, you ever
1: met Mary, but that's her whole thing. She wears her shoes on her back. Yes. That, that's her whole hook. Is that she... And that's how I stand as well. <laughs> yes, right. <Yeah. laughs> but I, I mean, honestly, though, it's one of those, like, that's why I ask the questions because like, as I said, I just buy my shit cheap so I don't give a fuck. So if I was like, let say we we're playing poker, and you're like, dude, I got this shirt right here. It's uh, what? What is an expensive brand of shirts? Because like, I wouldn't even know.
0: What do you think is an expensive brand <laughs>
1: of shirts? Uh, th- does Versace make shirts?
0: Sure. Yeah, there you go.
1: Okay, Versace. So, uh, dude, this shirt's Versace, bro. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm not going to take that. It's worth $1,000. Yeah. like, no, I'm not going to take that.
0: Right, because you yeah. can't do anything with it. Exactly. Like, yeah. that's,
1: that's not going to impress me. I, I guess... It's like everything, you know, anything is just only worth as much as somebody else is willing to spend on it.
0: Well, I also think of like uncut gems where like, I can understand if you were pawning it like a watch or a piece of jewelry or something like that. Mm -hmm. But if someone's trying to give you a hoodie, I'm like, what am I going to, what is this? Right. But like I said, for me as someone who has spent more money than I've made at casino gigs, I would love for this to have been an option. Oh, dude, I got the same to leave a dress behind with them instead.
1: That's why like when I, well, when road comedy was a thing, that was always my Achilles heel is when I would have to do a casino gig. I was like, ah, shit, I'm about to lose whatever money I just made over here.
0: I would tell them to pay me in check. Oh, I would do. Really? After my first few, <laughs> I was like, don't give me cash. You guys need to send a check to my house and I would have to leave my debit card in my car and shit. Cause like you go and you bomb, you know, nobody does well at casino gigs. They suck. And then they hand you $400 cash, and you're like, well, maybe I'll double it. Fuck <laughs> it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll show them. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Yeah, same here. You're like
0: looking for anything to go right in that night. You're like, I don't even care if I win $0.30 cents off this. I need something. Well, exciting. that was
1: my kryptonite. Again, because the gigs usually sucked. I would just get fucking drunk because that's how I yes. would get through the gig is just getting fucking drunk. And then, you know, once I'm drunk, I'm even looser. Right. So I'm fucking, yeah, so. Carlos is a loose lady. I am very loose lady. All right, that's the podcast, everybody. We got to the end of the podcast, huh?
0: Okay. Hell yeah.
1: Mary, thank you so much for being our guest.
0: Yeah, Yeah, thank thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. Do you have anything you want to plug?
0: My debut album is coming out Valentine's Day weekend. If you guys want to check it out, it'll be everywhere. It'll be on iTunes, Spotify. It'll be anywhere that you can get music or comedy. It's going to be available. My name is Mary Santora. The name of the album is still working. I'm leaning towards, I'm in between two. It's basically about growing up white trash and calling off a wedding. (laughs) Um, So I haven't decided if I want to call it Hillbilly Bougie or I was engaged. So it's going to be one of those two, but you can just search Mary Santora on any platform where you get music. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Mary Santora Comedy, Twitter, Mary underscore Santora.
1: How do you spell Santora, Mary?
0: S as in Sam, S A N T O R A.
1: And I was going to ask you about that actually, because didn't you? You recorded that last year, right?
0: i recorded it in december so i just recorded december 6.
1: so how the hell did that work how, how did you manage to record an album during covid times did you do it on that that improv boat
0: yeah yeah in the improv office um the crowd would actually just whoever was kayaking by um <laughs> yeah, that's
2: right.
0: no uh hilarity's in cleveland is one of the best comedy clubs in the country and mm-hmm. it's a 400 seat theater And they, with their capacity being limited, it came down to around 170 with like social distancing and they put up, you know, the plexiglass partitions and took out most of the tables and chairs and things like that. So we were able to do four socially distanced shows that all sold out at 170. oh that and was cool. so, yeah so it was cool. really really cool and it sounded great and everybody knew that they were there for a recording too oh great. so um nice. we, they were briefed on it they were prepped for it like everybody knew leading up to it I, I pimped the fuck out of it on the radio show so people knew what they were getting into with it and um so yeah so we were able to do it in an awesome venue and yeah so i'm very lucky to have had cleveland you know hilarities right here in Cleveland, so it ended up working out.
1: Yeah, that's good yeah. that you pull it. And so yeah, so you like you say it's going to be available wherever you find everywhere,
0: them. anywhere you can find music: Pandora, Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp. Like literally anywhere, it's going out to every single, um, every single streaming platform that there is. So.
1: All right, all right. Well, Mary, thanks again for doing it. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank all you, right. Mary. That was fun.
1: Take care. Good Go good Browns. You. Bobby, you got any last words? Perfect, man, man. man. You're fucking yeah. getting, you're nailing that shit, dude. Yeah. Getting better and better, bro. For years, I saw you do stand-up. I never told you you got better, but with the size, <laughs> man, you're really <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Going.
2: Yeah, plus my size have a better stage presence. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a little more controversial, but yeah. a, a little too edgy for me, those size, but
3: still. And you got any last words? Sure. Um, if you see a homeless person and you think they're going to beg for money, run up to them and preemptively ask them for a dollar. This will confuse them. They will look confused. They'll start to tremble. Their head will explode. And then the universe will go into some paradox. And then they won't beg you for money anymore. I like
1: that. Why couldn't we have done this when we were doing the whole cities trying to do the shit against homeless people? If only they
3: had your mind, Ian. It would have yeah, have been more in context during that episode for sure. <laughs>
2: I can't remember if I said it on that episode, but one tactic I've had some success with has just been if somebody's asked me for money, I will just tell them the balance of my mortgage basically and be like, dude, <laughs> I owe, I owe this bank over $200,000, you know?
1: And then and has that, that worked out? Did they get
2: Yeah. They've been like, Oh shit, man. Like, that just sounds awful to them. They're like, Oh shit. And yeah. like, the guy and just you're like, like, you're was like, uh, walked away. Yeah.
3: yeah. The guy's like, actually, fuck, I'm actually ahead of this dude. He owes several hundred thousand dollars. I have my little tent over here and a radio and I'm good. So, you know. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. He's living the life. I remember I was going back from a gig once in Asheville with Joe Zimmerman, and we were just walking back to the hotel room. And it was one of those usual things where it's like somebody comes up and like, oh, man, I just need money for gas or some shit like that. And they're like, oh, I just need enough money. And that's all I need. And just so I can get back home. And we just do the usual. Oh, we don't have any money. The usual fucking thing that you do. But then fucking Joe is like, yeah, no, we're
3: comedians. I'm like, no, motherfucker, don't. No, <laughs> he's going to ask you for jokes, but she's in words. Oh, uh, have to have to jokes. He's going to tell us
1: his jokes. Uh,
2: They're going to be fuck. racist for
1: sure. Oh, my God. This is the worst fucking thing you could have possibly said, Joe. So, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please check us out on all the social medias that we already mentioned before, especially Patreon. We appreciate you guys. Supporting us on Patreon.com slash indecorous comedy. Walk your cat. Walk your cat. Walk your cat.
4: Pickles.